0: This is the Search Hustle Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and share the methods, tools, and experiences that we handle every week as digital marketers working with SMBs, franchises, e-commerce, and startups to help them grow their business. You might be thinking, what is an SEO checklist? A checklist helps us ensure that all important SEO factors are managed. If we don't have it in a document, we don't know what old teams have done. What people that were on different agencies have done? What was the old strategy? What are the content gaps that we filled? What are the content gaps that we have? What was the purpose of this piece? And the purpose of this piece, they look the same. Maybe there was a different intent. If we have this in a spreadsheet, we can understand what the strategy was. Following an SEO checklist can lead to improved organic traffic. Why? It's because we're making things better over time. These are living documents. People order websites all the time from us and they're like, okay, we got to get all these changes before it goes live because this development team, they're going to leave us high and dry. No, it's a living document. That's why you're in a retainer. That's because we want to take care of it and pump it out there and take it from Good to great, from great to perfect. It's a living document. It's an it's a 80-20 rule. You can't get it perfect the first time, and you certainly can't get it perfect without marking it up against Google Search Console, the competitors. How's it doing in Google? Hey, we need this feedback. Checklists can also help a site rank for high, highly competitive keywords through consistent action. So just like a boat captain that goes across the ocean doesn't see the other side for 99.9% of the time, but does the same actions every day. That's what the checklist does. And make sure that we're doing the right things consistently and someone's managing them and someone can see what's been done, what's not been done so that we can stay on course. Advanced SEO checklists, find macro topics, use third-party tools, embrace LSI, optimize for voice search, optimize for featured snippets, optimize existing content, Outrank competitors by using skyscraper techniques, use SEO for YouTube content, link to micro influencers, customize your 404 page and manage those 404s, and improve your security. All of these should be no-brainers for everyone, but this, if it's not, one, I'm going to try to go in-depth significantly, and for some of you, it's just a refresher of why these things are super important. So find macro topics. Using a macro topic research for your industry is an excellent way to help encourage backlinks from other websites and gain authority on uh, the topics. So you're going to use things like Buzzsumo to show you keyword clouds and related keywords and answer the public, a great resource. Let me show you real quick how we might do a macro research. Okay, so here's Buzzsumo. So if I drop down to topics and I put in... Macro research. How do we do macro research? The great thing about this tool is it's giving me this keyword cloud. I use this keyword cloud to understand if there are more lateral topics, horizontal topics. Where is macro research in regard to global macro? Are they related is a word that has uh, no relation to what I'm trying to search. Kind of shows me if it's a muddy topic. When someone searches macro research, they may be getting more than just what I think they should be getting. This really helps me to key in the keyword and the content so that we're not getting people that wanted to go to global macro or whatever that is, or something else, investment banking, uh, because that's not related. So this helps us to really tie it in so that we can stay in line with what we're trying to get people to find. Answer the public is pretty good uh, for a little bit of macro research, but really you have to... It's going to give you information about what you're searching for. So it's not really going to give us an overarching macro. It really, once we've identified a category or a topic, it gives us questions. Who, what, when, where, why. Another place I might pull some macro research from would be, let's do macro research. And I want to like know what the other topics are. I'll pull over here to my uh, image. Images. And I love to always look at these, like what macro level MRB, this is not a great one, but I use these to kind of show me um, what other people are are searching for in regard to macro research. That shows me that this word is not used in an SEO sense as much as it is used for finance and economics. So I might right away say, this is really not the way I want to go when I'm talking about researching uh, categories and subcategories. There's also other tools like an LSI graph. I could search um, different keywords and see what semantic relations are out there. I might even pop into um, my Ahrefs or SEMrush depending upon which one you're using and pop over to Keyword uh, Explorer here and then just search Macro SEO Research. Trying to kind of modify it a little bit to get a little bit better. Um, results okay so keyword difficulty one tells me it's not really how people use this SEO keywords is probably really what people are searching This is what we're learning like in this whole process. Macro research is how I tell my team, do the macro research, tell me what the categories are. But out there, people are really looking for SEO keywords, probably SEO topics, probably uh, gap analysis, content gaps, things like that. When we're looking at the categories, this is what we need to find find so that we can build a uh, robust content strategy. So, uh, find macro topics. Use third-party tools like we just showed you. Third-party tools can help speed up content creation, ideation, topic targets, link opportunities, gap analysis, optimization of content. So if I've got this up and I'm trying to write about you know, how to pick SEO keywords, I might pop over here, SEO keywords, and I've got SEO keywords, which seems good, but I can really very quickly with a tool like Ahrefs, figure out who's ranking for SEO keywords, I can see right away what their slugs are, what their slug strategy is. I can see their meta titles. I can see a little bit about the backlinks, the domains that are linking to it, the top keyword target. Um, I can open these up. I can do a further analysis of it, of a keyword density tool. So I can pop a keyword density tool. I might pop it over in an LSI, and this is just an example one that's kind of slow, but uh, SEO keywords. I might try to pop it into... Uh, an LSI graph tool of any type. And this one's usually pretty slow. Don't know if it's going to give us what we want, but again, I could use it in Buzzsumo SEO keywords and I can get that, um, that keyword cloud, which really this to me gives me so much information and understanding of, of the different topics underneath SEO keywords and how I need to one, write the main page, but then also write additional pages that it feels like the user's intent is a little bit different on this keyword. So I write a page that really works for that keyword and that keyword cloud. And I might also use like hrefs um, here to find out related terms. So what are other terms that people are using that are, are related? I'm also going to get a lot of good key, uh, information with a keyword density tool. So I might just go out to Google and search for a free one, keyword density tool and use this free one here. I might also, again, always check my images to see SEO, SEO magnifier, keyword stuffing. I'd probably need to talk about that if I'm writing a a topic of SEO keywords, how to pick the right or how to research. Um, And then density analysis seems like a good topic that I might write about on this. All of these tools are helping me gain full understanding of what needs to be on this page and then what additional pages I might also need to write. And then this uh, LSI graph, SEO keywords, SEO keyword examples, SEO keyword tools kind of gives me some semantic understanding. Another thing we might do is just pop in SEO keywords into Google and go back over to the main vertical and see what words Google is bolding. So bolding the word keyword, bolding, I I might use that word, you know, with a a try to get it in a 3% keyword. Um, And then SEO keywords obviously is the hit, but I, I just wanna look and see if there's anything else. Sometimes this bolding gives me an idea of additional semantics. SEO keywords really didn't give me much there. Sometimes I'll even open up these, uh, people also ask, ideas and topics that define what your content is about. Um, Really, maybe even talking about just how to come up with ideas, how to come up with topics, researching ideas and topics might be something I include. Having a nice list shows you how to get a featured uh, snippet here using ordered lists and unordered lists. And not much here. Keywords is so important. Talking about the importance using this lang- language to me, I would try to weave that in there is still important. It's still useful. It still uh, has a uh, ranking value. Just kind of gives me some pieces that I would add to the content and the context of that article. So use third-party tools. There's so many. SEMrush. Um, there's so many that I don't even use out there. Screaming Frog's another great one. Not really for this part of the process, but Embrace LSI. Um, and I've shown you, but semantics. If I'm talking about golf clubs, I need to use the word sticks. I need to use the word nine iron. I need to use the word clubs. I need to use these words that people in the space are also going to use. Because we can write about it more robustly. And it's almost like we're using the keyword over and over again because bots get this semantics understanding. They understand that this is a a variant of that keyword. It's a keyword cloud. It's no longer just strict keyword rhythm. I got to have this one word and this two word set or this three word set, uh, uh, you know, three, 5% of the time we want to We want to make it really well written and easy to read and easy to understand. So we use these variants in our writing, and that's in the research. I might even go to Google and look synonyms and antonyms. And when I pop a keyword um, density tool, I might look for for very small percentage one and two and three word keywords, and I'm like, okay, wow, I like that. This person in the top three, four, five positions, I might look even to the top 10 positions. And there are tools out there that can kind of give you those things depending on what you're trying to find out. Optimize for voice search. I use voice every day. My house is is, is uh, fully smart. I use a Google Assistant all the time. And so we ask questions now for voice. Really, the key is, is marking it up with schema markup when applicable, using FAQ schema, using blog post schema, use different schema markups. And so let me show you what I'm talking about. So if you go to schema.org, This is really where you're gonna get your JSON information, and I wanna write for a local business. I wanna get, you know, you're definitely a local business, so then right away I can get the schema markup for the local business. But then there's so many different types of markup in here, like I've got an FAQ page or an FAQ section. So I might look for the FAQ page. And so there's different schema markups in here. So then you're going to pop over to, once you've added that schema to the header or to the different parts of the site, you can then validate it and check it with the schema markup validator. So developers.google.com slash search. You can just go to Google. Go to schema markup validator. I think you probably could have clicked that from right here. Sure can. Drop in the URL. And check your different forms of JSON-LD right here. And so you'll just ch- check the different things. There's a local markup. Super important. This is super important for FAQs. This is uh, th- that order less list, list, that unordered list, that HTML designation for a website. That actually helps Google to understand. Here's a, you know, here's a question. Here's a, a list. Whenever you use H2s and H3s, and, and then you really want to answer that question underneath that H2. So if I have an H2 on a blog, I really want to have that information about the H2 right under it. And then another H2, and that's why we use H2s and H3s. We use them as many as we can that are applicable to that page while staying in scope. And so another H2, and I really want to have that information right there and be robust and answer that question. If I need to link to a more authoritative page, I can do that. And if, it's, if, it's tr- if potentially that other page might rank a little bit with this one, we certainly can help that page by using the anchor text. And really with that anchor text before it hits that link really shows what the differences are on that other page. So here's where I'm getting my schema markup, my JSON-LD. You're going to use things like insert header and footer. Put this on the website. You can use things like a... Um, You can use things like a child theme, insert uh, hooks. You can put this information through hooks. There's different ways to get this into a website. Also remember, we're not trying to blow people out with the way we write our content. We want it to be readable by the more majority of people. Sometimes... Content has to be written super technical, not at the ninth grade level. But the majority of our content, we really want to write it from very easy, easy uh, flesh Kincaid uh, level, around ninth, ninth grade. We also want to try to write long form content. Now, it is coming back where short form can be better in some situations. Uh, where short form can be better in some situations where we might have a six or seven hundred word d- document. And then we've got multiple other documents with six, seven hundred words that really are concise and answer a specific question without going, you know, blowing it out for two hundred words or two thousand words, excuse me. You really just have to look at it and what makes sense for the user's intent, bringing it all into a a complete guide. We're writing very short six, seven, eight hundred word pieces that, you know, answer one specific question that that will be industry specific. For the most part, you can uh, err on the side of longer content as long as you're not uh, as long as you're being concise, as long as you're not fluffing it out and as long as it's all relevant to that page. Optimize for featured snippets. This is what we talked about. Schema markup, using order lists, using your HTML correctly, using your H1s and H2s, using your meta title, meta description, using the slug of the page, using the images on the page to further the theme of the page, any audios or Twitter bleeds or anything. It just helps with the context of that page. So optimize for featured snippets because Google's going to take content from highly authoritative pages more and more into the future. And... Uh, supply that information right to users in the search engine that's just how it's going to go it does lead to clicks though and it does lead to um, authoritativeness it it leads to branding it's helpful you have to play the game yes it might make you mad that they're taking your content and bleeding it right through so that people might not come and get it It's just the reality of Google, and so we have to jump on board and make it where Google presents our information so we can gain that authority, we can gain that expertise, and we can gain that trust, and maybe we can get someone to click through there and become an end user. Optimize existing content. We're always working on our existing content. That's why you have to have a document, an Excel spreadsheet, a Google sheet that shows us every topic – what the target keyword is what the slug was what is what the meta title is meta description what the h1 is what the h2s are what's the target keyword what are we trying to do with this page What is it possibly cannibalizing? Uh, What are the other pieces of content we're linking to? What other pieces are linking to it? We have to know this. What is the speed of it? What images are we serving? How many calls does it have? What's the traffic value? Is it going up or down? Have we made some changes and then made some annotations in Google Analytics and that those changes we've made are actually not helping it? Have we looked at this content in Google Search Console and seen what Google is, uh, is serving it for and made some content changes over time? to maybe help it lock in a little bit better. And then when we lock in on it and our SERP position goes up, but our leads don't go up, maybe that page isn't even a direct hit on where the leads are. We write another one. We rewrite this. We repurpose it. This is existing content. This is how we repurpose it over time. We don't keep changing URLs. We don't keep writing content that cannibalizes it. Oh, this is a good blog. I should rewrite it in 2021. No. No. You rewrite on that page, update it, add a update date, have some expertise, authority, and trust who the author is, ha- have some author bio in there, external links to other authoritative sources in the industry, internal links to other authoritative pages that are vertical and horizontal to that page. Don't be spammy. Don't be get outside of what's natural and use that body context to really generate authority to the site, generate links internally that Cause people to not bounce, but find other things that you know they also need to read. These things. This is optimizing content. It's really a full-time job. Outrank competitors by using skyscrapers. This is uh, discovering link-worthy content. You have to have an Ahrefs. You have to have an SEMrush. You have to have a tool that looks at topics, to looks at that looks at blogs, that looks at competitors' websites, that looks at a content gap. You know, here's what we rank for. Here's what they rank for. Why do we have no content? fighting for those keywords. We're just going to make it that easy on the competitors where they can just pop up a piece of content and we have nothing in the game. So Google has no choice but to serve that. That is a SWOT analysis mistakes. That is a SWOT analysis mistake. Remember strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, digital SWOT. If they have, if the three of them have a piece of content, we have nothing. We're making it too easy. So we make it a, a skyscraper. We make something better. We at least have something or make something. So find the link-worthy content, find those content gaps, create content that's better um, and that we can rank over time, and then some outreach. And then there is a tool, BuzzSumo, that's not terrible for this. If you look right here in BuzzSumo, (coughs) you can find different uh, sources here from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and then just general authors click on the third part of this software and then type in you know whatever your the topic is and you'll find influencers there's more ways than that there's even other tools like lead feeder who can it, it, this software can show you who visit the site it can also show you some things about other sites and actually connects you to companies and um, and it tries to connect you to those companies people through LinkedIn connections. There's lots of softwares out there that you can do some research and and really, big PR companies are really, really good at this. They knew who the, they know who the good writers are in the space, who the authoritative writers that are writing for big sites. Having this network is a huge part of success for a company that has a content strategy, an inbound strategy, a thought leadership strategy. Use SEO for YouTube content. The average person watches a boatload of YouTubes. I know now that Facebook has got reels, all I do is watch reels all day. So we can help our videos help our whole SEO strategy. Here's how it looks in Google. If I search Nozak Consulting, so look at this. Nozak Mental Triggers, and I'm stuffing it right now with a, with a branded keyword, but I'm showing you how videos are... Absolutely displaying on normal keywords, on non-branded keywords, and all I did is search mental triggers. This video doesn't even say that. This is not me. And what to expect with Nozak Consulting? That's nice. It's I put Nozak Consulting, mental triggers, and now I've got this video bleed. A great thing is is Twitter bleeds through the serps as well. So Twitter and YouTube are really good. And there's and there's tools like when you get over to uh, YouTube here, and here's kind of our channel, and we really work. by putting content up here, but you can see there's a tube here, tube, a tool here, TubeBuddy. This is where you're gonna do your SEO research for YouTube. A TubeBuddy. There's also another tool that a lot of people called it. A lot of people use. It's called VidIQ. You really want to choose a tool. And if this is all you do, then you probably have both. There's even another one. Um, you certainly are going to use this tool. There, there's another tool that we used to use in the past. Um, so I might do SEO checklist. And what's cool about Suval is it shows me like here's YouTube and what, what the top keyword targets are there. Here's Bing, which is coming on strong. And then Google. And so it really kind of helps me to understand if I want a page, it's going to have a video bleed. I might have the video named with this keyword. I might have the blog really targeting this keyword. I might include some of these other targets to help me rank better in Bing. I might even have an SEO checklist 2020 page, an SEO checklist 2021 page. And I might wrap that up into a category if that's going to be my target. Um, I certainly feel more, I feel better about having an SEO checklist 2021 page that we continually don't put that in the slug, but use that in the H1 and the content. And that way I can just really update some information and make it the 2022 page. Um, Uh, but someone might have a strategy of making these one-offs every year and someone could look back over time like historically that may have value to somebody certainly not me i want to know what's happening now so using different tools for uh youtube and and link to micro influencers that was that buzz sumo tool where you could look at influencers and really kind of reach out and find in hrefs people that have written about the same topic and then maybe they've got some 404s on their site so let me just show you really quick how i might do that So if I look at um, a site, let's say, let's just look up a big company, like Price Edwards. And let's pop this in here. Best Buy links, example.net, okay. That's not what I was trying to do, but that's fine. Example.net, and I might use Ahrefs to look at the 404 management, which we're about to cover, but look, they've got 112 404s. It's not terrible probably for a huge site. This may be a huge site. But look, they've got authority to them. Like this has 38 do follows. We're just wasting that instead of redirecting that authority to a more to a page that exists now. Uh, but maybe I might look for, um, let's see, let's do a content explorer. Enter topic, SEO keywords. And I really could start to take a look at what are the um, top content examples right here maybe not check out them check out someone else probably not going to check out a um a syndicate like that but i could check out some of these others and i could look for opportunities not these big guys mods but maybe this one i look for opportunities of people linking to it or it linking to other things that no longer exist Um, or really people that are trying to reference it, and then they might go look at their content and say, okay, you're referencing this article. Here's a similar one that I've written. You may also want to reference it. You can also check those posts in Ahrefs again for outbound links to 404s. Maybe they're linking to resources that the slug got changed, Uh, but that link is still linking to that OURL. Maybe that company that they were linking to didn't do 404 management, so now you're linking to a bad link, which affects your page negatively. You can reach out to these people and say, hey, you've got a post on this. I have a post on this. Instead of linking to this 404, here's our new research. Since you're linking out to this, you might want to link out to ours as well. There's a lot of ways. And look, there's also top authors here. There's a lot of different resources right now where if you've got the manpower to look these things up and do outreach, you can really push the narrative forward for a company. And customize your 404. There's a lot of ways. I just showed you how 404s can hurt your um, domain. One is is you could have... 404s out there with pages that have authority. We certainly want to redirect that authority to to other pages with a redirection tool or Yoast Premium or some other way you're doing redirections like with, with your own software that you've written. Uh, but we want to handle those 404s because other people are linking to them. And then if we look in search console at that old URL, Google may have an index. Well, we don't want to have a 404 index. That's just a bad experience. But It's really inevitable sometimes, unless you have a redirection set in place as soon as the slugs change, it automatically creates a redirect or your team is on top of it, hey, I changed the permalink. It's called a permalink for a reason. I need to go create that redirect. And just look at some bad examples. Here's Nose that Consulting 404 page. Like, yeah, there's some links here, but this is just an awful 404 page, right? So that's garbage. And here's a little better one on Search Hustle. Like, this page doesn't exist. May, you know, Maybe tell us what you're trying to find with the actual footer here. It actually, and the and the main nav, even though it di- disappears here. Again, it's pretty garbagey. When I scroll down, there it is. But it's still, I mean, it's a its a weird viewport here, but that's still pretty trashy. You can look at uh, Orkin, who's got a really nice 404. Um, right there, the top menu is still visible on a page that maybe accidentally doesn't exist any longer. Uh, but just go home. Like, this isn't the right place. Just go back home. Oh, you know, well, you still could be a lead. I know this page doesn't exist, but you're still probably trying to contact us to get services from us. This is a good, a great 404 you can have a great 404 page link to other content, um, manicure those 404s, and use it to really push the narrative forward forward and not really hurt you because we're not managing it well. And lastly, improve security. So um, Google has been telling uh, web owners, webmasters, HTTPS, you know, make the protocol secure. And, And let me show you, if your site isn't secure You really, people are not gonna go to an HTTPS site. Like, that's just pretty nasty. Let's try to go to HTTP Google. Right, so we want this secure lock. We don't wanna have mixed um, images where it's like a line through it. It's almost secure, but there's images that are serving HTTP. That's when you might do a search replace. You'll have your server admins help you out with that. There's, um, you really have to get an SSL. If you don't have an SSL on our site, don't expect to rank. Don't expect Google to really serve you. They've they've been honest about this. And with a good server, it kind of comes along with it. Like you can get those free certs. It makes it easier. Easier. If you're using GoDaddy, it's a terrible process if you're using GoDaddy. They make it so hard for people to do. I've done it 100 times with GoDaddy, and I still don't even remember their process. You got to read their documentation over and over again and download this, upload this, grab the keys here export this hit uh hit this button over here hit save over here go back over here take a look over here give me a break so if you use a good server usually it's going to give you those free certs they'll you know every 90 days they'll just uh, re-certify for you super easy let's not make this complicated and so but you have to have a a secure site other ways to make the site secure um, and valuable is keep the cms up to date keep the php up to date Keep your uh, plugins up to date and keep your theme up to date. Just keep everything so that when vulnerabilities are found and people do software updates, keep your website up to date in general. That's Advanced SEO Checklist. If you need to, go back and watch that now. If you have more questions for me, make sure you email me. If not, I'll see you in the next module. Thanks for listening to the Search Hustle Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about digital marketing and taking your knowledge to the next level, be sure to check out searchhustle.com, where we've got tons of free content. Stuff that we use every week to market businesses, as well as our in-depth digital marketing course. Start your search hustle today at searchhustle.com.